All right, guys. So I'm going to be talking with a recruiter here pretty soon. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. So welcome. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we yeah. were talking a little bit before before uh, I started this live, and, uh, and we wanted to clear some things up for people. So to give uh, everybody some context, I uh, put out a post about option 40s, and we were talking about frustrations that you know, I see as I get a lot of military prep people and there's a lot of misconceptions about the option 40. We were talking about how, you know, there's, there's different uh, information getting put out. And so, yeah. and then there's also frustrations among people that are probably misplaced as well. So, you know, you reached out and said that you were wanting to clear some things up for people. So I appreciate that. I'm glad to have you on. And, uh, and I guess we'll get started with these, uh, with these questions here. So this is uh, Staff Sergeant Lee. And, uh, and again, thanks for coming on. So can you, can you describe to us what the enlistment process is like for a new recruit coming in? Yeah. So how it all starts off with doing uh, how we do it is simple pre-qualifications. So say I'm making a phone call to somebody, right? They say they're interested. They want to, you know, come in and sit down. I just ask them a few simple things, you know, like, hey, what's your height and weight? Uh, you know, what grade are you in? Did you graduate? Date of birth? Stuff like that. Just some small, simple stuff. Any law violations, anything else. They come in, they sit down with me or any other recruiter, and we just kind of tell them about the benefits like the Army, you know, education, all the stuff you know, that you get with, you know, the Army in general. And then um, they, you know, they say, hey, I want to do this. Let's, uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, we would schedule them for uh, testing to take what's called the PICAT. Uh, I don't know, like when you joined, but when I joined back in 2012, they didn't have the PICAT then. So it was just if you either had your high school ASVAB or you had to go to MEPS and take your ASVAB there. Uh, but now they have the thing called the PICAT, which you can take uh, here in our office. It's at your own pace. It allows you to kind of take your own time, and get the best score possible. Um, you go, I have to go to MEPS and verify that. Uh, afterwards, uh, we, it's only good for 30 days. If you don't go within 30 days, um, it's no longer uh, good. You have to go, then you have to go to MEPS and take an ASVAB there. Um, but then uh, after they have a verified score in the system, uh, we're actually able to start looking at jobs uh, in our system for them. Uh, and, you know, if they are ready to rock and roll, like right then, like I had a few people who I literally had a college kid um, call in and said, hey, I'm just ready to be done with college. It's pointless. It's stupid. I want to come see what the Army's about. After sitting down and talk with me, he took the test a week later, and then a week after that enlisted for uh, infantry with option 40. So, and he shipped out like a month after that. Dude literally just <laughs> called up out of nowhere and was like, I'm ready to peace out. So, um, but, you know, after they, after they take that test, uh, usually every recruiter will give them a packet to take home and fill out. Uh, and it's just, you know, simple, a uh, bunch of like medical questions, you know, uh, it, it's a, your, your security clearance, pretty much, you know, uh, everything like where you lived, worked, went to school, character references, stuff like that. Um, we upload that all into their uh, profile. We, it's all like just transferred over. We all type it in. Um, and then we schedule them for uh, a physical and if they do their, um, they go, they do their physical, and then after they're all good with their physical, they go over, they meet with an, uh, a guidance counselor there at MEPS, and that's where they will finalize everything. Um, and whatever job that they selected, 
uh, here in the office is the job that will pop up for them down there. Um, and I think my boss has told me that there has been like very, very rare occasions that something has changed by accident. Um, but they, we always tell everybody, hey, just make sure that when you're signing your contract that it shows that's the job that you pulled. Um, the year and a half that I've been in recruiting, I've never had anybody go down and say, hey, this has changed by accident. Like what happened? So like I said, it's like super rare, probably like a glitch in the system or something like that. But um, yeah, like they've finalized everything. They verify it all. And then that's where they sign and they do the oath of enlistment. So that's kind of like a, a shortened down, like dumbed down version of how it works. Um, you know, there's things you know, that, you know, come up in between there. You know, if somebody has to, I don't know why this is, uh, somebody has to, you know, only do their PICAT and then PICAT verification. And then like two weeks later, they go and do their physical. And then like, they might be waiting on something else. And then three weeks later, they go and enlist. So it, it can be a lengthy process process for some, but it can also be a pretty quick process uh, for some as well. So. Gotcha. And, and uh, while we're on the topic of MOSs, you know, uh, you were going to talk more about how the system works and picking jobs mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But also, uh, before we do that, I, I think it's important to note to people looking at the option 40, you have to have a specific MOS and I'll let you cover that. More yeah. Too. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I know I don't know all of the um, option or like all the MOSs that are in regiment. Obviously, I know like simple ones like 68 Whiskey, uh, Infantry, uh, like uh, Ford Observer, stuff like that. I know I think I think 88 Mike's Cooks, stuff like that. Though Those are all in there. Um, but, you know, if you wanted to be uh, like me and you talked before, Cav Scout. Cav Scout is not able to go uh, to regiment. Uh, you guys have your own, you know, recon teams and stuff like that in regiment. So there's no use for, uh, you know, the Cav Scouts to be in there. So, um, but yeah, you have to pick a uh, MOS that is accepted to regiment to be able to um, even possibly uh, go into uh, option for they get the option for your team and try out. So, yeah, and you guys can verify that uh, you can, I believe it's on the army.mil website and go army website you can actually look up ranger mos's and they'll have a list that pops up that, i think even like 75th because i follow 75th ranger recruiting like their instagram and i think they've even posted a couple times like all the mos's that they uh that they accept in uh enter regiment so exactly yep. yeah so can you talk uh can you talk about your system and kind of like what difficulties that you guys run into whenever it comes to getting certain MOSs or option 40s and, and availability? Uh, yeah, so how we select our jobs. So we work off of a live system, right? So the system that we use is the same system that all of Angel. Uh, <laughs> that's my buddy of mine. He was like, hey, I'm going to come uh, come in and watch. Uh, yes. But um, so we use, the system that we use is a live system across the whole, the whole entire United States. So that's why you might see uh, one minute, you might see a job in there with option 40 tied to it. And then five minutes later, you might see, an, uh, you know, refresh because you're wanting to look at all the jobs that you are uh, uh, available. And that option 40 might be gone or that whole entire job might be gone. Um, so, but how we select, let me flip my, if I can flip my camera around. Okay, cool. So I've got a young man's uh, record pulled up. And as you can see, let me get my mouse. Uh, as you can see right here, 11X. So we got infantry, right? So we select it. And then what you see is training of choice. 
uh, buddy team enlistment or it's the army two year uh, non prior service. So this is like the two year like active and two years reserve. It's a, a trash option because you don't get like full benefits and stuff like that. So, um, but as you can see, there's no option 40 here. So as of right now, and this kid has a high enough score uh, to get uh, option 40, he's qualified. I've looked at his GT score. I think he has like a 108 or something like that. So um, if it's not available, uh, like I said, we can, uh, we try and make phone calls. Uh, we cut into our recruiter operations center and, um, you know, say, hey, is there any option 40 that you're able uh, to, that's available still that you can, you know, um, upload one in uh, for this young man. If they say no, all option 40 uh, is taken then, you know, at that point, there's nothing that we can do. Uh, now, I had mentioned on your post uh, that, you know, maybe uh, if one does come up, it's solely because somebody either uh, enlisted for it and didn't ship, you know, they decided that they no longer wanted to join the Army, uh, or um, uh, I don't even, so another reason, they just something came up. But um, how we reserve these is, um, you know, we'll select, say this guy, he just wants to do, uh, he just wants to select his job and that's it, right? Um, if option 40 was here, you would see, these are the options, so three, seven, 26. If it was option 40, uh, you would see 40 there, we would select it. And then we would scroll down here. And as you can see, he can select anywhere from a three-year contract to four, five, and six years. And uh, this young man is eligible to get a, a bonus because uh, he's qualified for it. Um, and the more the longer he goes the more money he's going to get so um and then we would select whatever year we would select um this is a thing called pays it's uh uh something where it gets you guaranteed job interviews uh after your time in service if you were to just do one contract and get out if you re-enlist the pays thing completely goes away it's just to help uh you know if you do an initial contract and get out it's to help you get uh, off on a better foot um but then we would reserve it and then we would have um, a temporary reservation, which I can pull up real quick and show you that. So say that young man right there pulled um, 11X, right? Um, let me go to a young man that I know that has option 40. Because some people were like, well, I, my recruiter told me I listed for option 40, or I know I enlisted for option 40, but I don't see it. So let me go to, I think he's in here still. No, he is not. I might still have his record. Give me one second. Uh, here. Yep. Boom. All right. Here we go. So, um, it'll have uh, your name, and then it'll have the you know your year and uh, contract link. It'll tell you uh, the job right here and so infantry uh, infantry recruit it'll tell you option 40 and as you see u.s army airborne ranger uh on um or also it'll tell you the bonus amount if you got a bonus some sometimes uh even with option 40 you won't get a bonus sometimes you will um i had another young man who selected option 40 shortly after this and didn't get a bonus at all um so it's just sometimes they're offering them sometimes they uh they don't um but then uh, it'll have your ship date. It'll tell you uh, where you're going to uh, training at. So obviously, if you're picking uh, um, infantry with option 40, you're going to uh, Fort Benning. And then it'll say uh, basic airborne training uh, at Benning for you know three weeks. 
but it's actually uh, reversed. Uh, I think you might know this as well um, because the army kind of caught on because people were like, oh, I don't want to be an, uh, a, a ranger or SF. I just want to be airborne infantry. So I'm just going to take uh, ranger slots or SF slots and I'm going to go to basic training airborne school and then I'm going to uh, drop out, uh, you know, voluntary withdrawal from those selections. And so they got they caught on. And so they flipped and they were like, okay, if you want those, like, you know, now you're going to these selections first. And if you don't get it, then sorry, you're not getting airborne school. So, um, but yeah, that's, and that's kind of like a, a shorter version of how our system and stuff works. Like I said, um, it all depends too, you know, like if you're um, a high school, like I was telling you a high school graduate or a high school senior, um, you know, there are some jobs that are available for, you know, seniors, there's some jobs that are available for graduates only. So um, I know, uh, on your post as well for infantry last year they were training 18,000 uh, infantrymen for the FY of 2021 20, uh, for the fiscal year of 2021 only 1800 uh, roughly 1800 of those had option 40 tied to them so uh, I don't know the percentages of between seniors and graduates for option 40 but um, you know like I said if all those slots are taken there's nothing that we can do uh, there's more slots available um, for in-service personnel because the Army sees it as, you know, the p people coming off the streets, they have an 85% fail rate because obviously the Army tracks all this stuff, right? Uh, they have an 85% fail rate from civilians uh, trying to transfer and go straight into uh, RASP. Uh, they have a higher pass rate for in-service personnel, so they're going to save more slots for in-service personnel versus the civilians because they know they're already getting somebody who's more than likely uh, more physically fit and, and capable and knows the job and stuff like that. So that's why uh, there's less, there are usually less uh, slots and stuff like that offered uh, for at least for this past fiscal year. So. Gotcha. And, and so what's, uh, what's your take on, let's say a recruit comes in, he can't get the option 40. Is that, is it a waiting game at that point or, or would you suggest going in and trying to volunteer at, their job school, AIT, OSIT. So, um, yeah, so if they can't, so say they, um, you know, a guy comes in perfectly qualified, no, nothing physical or anything else like that, um, you know, that is, uh, you know, disqualifying them or whatever, because that's one thing uh, that can happen is, you know, score-wise, you might be perfectly qualified. You might have a 137 GT score, right? But, um, you know, let's see. Uh, right here, I'm looking at the qualification for uh, just anything tied with the option 40. So you have to be a U.S. citizen, must obtain, uh, be able to obtain a secret clearance that's non-waverable, and there's no waivers for any drug or criminal history. So if you've got a possession charge, automatically disqualified. If you've got any sort of like uh, like severe criminal history, right? Nothing like a speeding ticket. Nobody gives a crap about those. Um, and then also color vision. A lot of people don't know this as well. You need to be uh, like normal color vision. So, um, and then uh, also, especially for infantry, um, you has to at least be um, uh, correct to the 2020. Um, if it's if it's not correct to the 2020, if it's correct to the 2025, there's an ETP to go infantry, but you cannot get a waiver for um to go option 40 at that point you are now disqualified to go until you enlist for option 40. Gotcha. because that's, that's where it comes in with like the airborne physical and everything else which you already know about uh, that you have to do because uh when people enlist for that they get an airborne physical at meps so gotcha and and, and so let's say somebody doesn't pre-qualify 
like mm -hmm. as a as somebody walking into the recruiter's office let's mm -hmm. say they don't pre-qualify for some of this stuff can they can they volunteer for RASP after they get in yes so um if they get in um and you know say again the guy's perfectly qualified nothing disqualifying them goes to basic training and uh the sf and ranger recruiters show up and they're like hey you know who here has this you know or has you know no physical you know limitations or whatever and has a 105 or higher if they're there asking you can take volunteer be like hello i want this and even if they are not there um like i know the ranger recruiters have reached out to you and said dude tell them reach out and volunteer because they have even the ranger recruiters and the people that control RAS and everything else they have a little, little bit more pool of who can, they can accept into RAS uh, versus what's being offered as well so and a lot of people think that we're you know lying to them that when we tell them like you can volunteer or you can uh you know uh that they will come and visit you guys or whatever at your basic or AIT whatever it may be because like I know when I went in um and I was that basic, we had a green beret and then we had a, uh, a dude from the 75th come in and was like, hey, you know, they told us about SF, they told us about uh, regiment and they were like, who wants to volunteer for what? You know, these are the qualifications. And my bunkmate actually volunteered for SF and took an SF contract. And the nice thing about that too, is uh, if you volunteer for one of those, uh, you know, jobs, so say you volunteer for SF, you volunteer for a ranger, you are entitled to that incentive that is tied with that job if you is if you even originally enlisted with it right so say uh for instance uh say ranger regiment for infantry whatever option 40 was offering say twenty thousand dollars for three years um but you enlisted just bare infantrymen and you didn't get a single bonus whatsoever right but you volunteer while you're at basic you are entitled to getting that bonus only if you go through and you complete all the training. That is the caveat to a lot of that too. A lot of people think that, oh, I, you know, I didn't really want to be in regiment. I just wanted that $20,000. So I'm just going to go complete basic training and then I'm going to drop out from uh, RASP and then I'm going to go to my first duty station and I'm going to get my bonus. Like, no, like you have to get uh, your, uh, you have to complete all of that training to get the bonus, which I can prove and show to you uh, guys real quick too, because, um, so this is a uh, use direct message and that's how we get all as we call them the business rules that tells us that's an update of you know enlistment incentives and stuff like that of like who's qualified for what who's entitled to bonuses who's entitled to options and stuff like that and this one so it says ranger uh option 40. so basic airborne training um going back Authorized for a specific, uh, specified MOS identified in the request, so your uh, um, your temporary reservation that we pull uh, has, to, has to be a qualified MOS uh, that is combined with the enlistment option 40 training. The parent MOS will determine the time of service. This bonus uh, may be combined with other incentives that will be paid once the soldier completes uh, RASP and basic airborne training and arrives at their ranger unit this bonus or the bonus is invalid if the soldier fails to complete rasp or declines to a ranger unit so if you decline or you don't pass rasp you do not get the bonus so that's another thing too that's a great point yeah if i remember, if I remember correctly you have to go to uh, the s1 and apply for your bonus yeah I, I could have. like you have to let your commander know and all that stuff <laughs> like 
um, like, hey, you know, I was entitled to a bonus and everything else. Then they go to, yeah, they go to S1, they submit everything, they submit the paperwork. And then in like 30 days, you're going to check your bank account and you're going to have a fat stack of cash in there. And you're going to be like, sweet, my bonus came in. So All right. that's what happened to me when I re-enlisted. Like I, I took 30 days and like on the 30th day, I checked my bank account and I was like, well, there's my bonus. So yeah, that's pretty nice. Mine was like $700. So it wasn't that. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, that's great. So let's, let's go back to uh, the prequal. You know, you said there's certain legal stuff that may bar them. Now, is that barring them from, are the legal issues that bar them from the army the same as special operations? So what I mean is like, is there certain legal things that you can get past and get into the army, but can't get into like special operations? Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly, um, but I do know that like, um, whenever somebody's picking a job like Option Forty, Eighteen X, or anything with like Intel or anything else like that, because I, I know that Option Forty and SF doesn't require a TS clearance, right? But if anybody picks like Human Intel or anything else like that, they're getting a a TS, like they have to get a clearance for that. So they really dig into that person's background. Um, now with option 40 and, uh, 18X and stuff like that, um, they dig into your background as well. Uh, but like I said, there are, um, like I said, it says right here for the qualifications that there are no, uh, waivers for any drug or criminal hit, uh, at least for option 40. And I can scroll down to, um, real quick to 18X and I can tell you what it says for, um, that one as well. Um, so for 18X, it says need at least a uh, secret clearance to be able to qualify for a secret clearance must be a u.s citizen minimum age of 20 have not reached uh, your 32nd birthday so that's an uh, important one for 18x um, high school graduate or equivalent so you can have a ged um, must have 2020 or corrected to 2020 and and both near and distant vision in both eyes and must meet requirements um, for it's the height weight requirements um, and that's uh, not waiverable. So, and, and obviously, you know, you got minimum, uh, there's two contract links for that one. It's either five or six years and you know, because, uh, at, you know, SFAS pre, uh, or pre SFAS and all that stuff, basic training, airborne training, the Q course and everything else, you got like over two years worth of training. So uh, there's a reason why they, they have a, a long contract, but yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, criminal, um, there are things that uh, says that it can disqualify you. Um, but it, you know, what it specifically is, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what it is. It, just, it depends. Um, but like I said, for option 40, it just says drug or criminal history, but you come in and say, Hey, I got a domestic battery or something like that. You're completely disqualified from the army at that point. Uh, but you know, if you got something that was like, Hey, um, even something like, Hey, I got like a, a theft charge or something like that. Like that's a waiver. Like, uh, you know, that doesn't qualify you for uh, option 40. But if you came in and was like, hey, I've got 50 speeding tickets, all of them are gone or all of them are paid off though and I'm good but I, and I still have my driver's license, you're good. Right. Get a waiver for that stuff and that and that clears you for the rest of your ventures, right? So yeah. let, what about surgery? So I, that's a specific question I get and they ask about, is there certain injuries that will bar me from doing the army and then special operations for that matter. So is there some injuries that you can get into the army, but not special operations, or is it pretty blanket? If you're in the army, then you're good to go. So, uh, as long as the issue has been fixed, uh, you know, say like somebody was like, say they tore their ACL, 
right? And they had a surgery and, you know, um, they've already got the, the pre-op notes, the actual operation notes, the post-op and the clearance letter from that doctor. And that person is perfectly fine and a-okay and say they're out, uh, you know, playing sports, they're a track athlete, whatever the case may be, and they're perfectly fine. They're good. Now, um, you know, if it's something like, um, you know, life limb or eyesight or something like that, you know, that's where it comes in as, you know, you're not going to be able to get it. And that's not even qualified for, you know, just not, not let alone option 40, but, uh, you know, army in general. So um, biggest thing is we're, we're not doctors. So we can't like 100% say, hey, that's going to disqualify you from this. The only thing I can tell you medically wise is the color vision and the vision thing. Um, because that's one of the things that has on our MOS qualifications. Um, you know, somebody, if they get disqualified for, uh, you know, something medically, it's because they go to MEPS and the doctors down there at MEPS, they see something and that's where they're like, Hey, you know, uh, you're disqualified for this or whatever it may be. Sure. And your ears got to be able to do that. Uh, the popping noise. Yeah. Pop. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Um, <laughs> And so is it, what are the age requirements? That was another question I got, you know, like to get into the army and then for the option 40 contract, what, what's the age for that? Uh, so just army in general is age 17 to 35. Um, there are age waivers. I've, they, they put out something as uh, up to like 38 and a half. I don't know why they had to throw in, in the half part, but yeah. Um, so up to about 38 and a half, they said they've been getting pretty good approval rate, uh, approval ratings. But the reason for uh, you know, an age waiver is they want to know, why are you wanting to join the Army now? You had 18 years to try and join the Army and, and the actual time that you were actually qualified for. So why did you not join then? Why are you trying to join now? Uh, so that's where it comes in with the waiver and stuff like that. But um, yeah, 17 to 35, just normal age range. Um, but as far as um, regiment for age, there's nothing that I'm seeing on here that's saying that you have to be uh, no more or like like SF. It says, you know, it can't be past your 32nd birthday or anything else like that. There's nothing that's saying that here for option 40. Got it. So is that if you're as long as you, uh, you know, I would say ship before your 35th birthday, you qualify for it. You're going to be one old ass private in regiment, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> which i've seen i've seen it happens yeah. guys uh, i get the age question all the time so I, i'm glad you cleared that up yeah. uh let's see let me let me read through my list here oh is there an ideal time to go for an option 40 people are asking is there like a seasonal time that's ideal um there really isn't because of, like i said it, of it being a life system um you know a lot of people think they're like oh you know there's going to be more jobs at this time you know or no they're really gonna they're holding them for this time or whatever the case may be and there really isn't uh like i said that system that we work off like i said is a live system so one minute you might see you know five six jobs there and you might think oh you know i'll come back in a few months and i'll have more but you come back and all of a sudden you ain't got nothing because just that that day and that time there, there wasn't anything popping up um so yeah, there really isn't like a seasonal thing or a perfect time or anything else like that. Now, yeah, water. Sorry, I got to get a water. You're good. Uh, let's see. Okay, I think, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to talk about prior service, you know, in Ranger. Yeah. The process of prior service, let's say, from another branch or, or even from the Army, say they got out and came back in. What's that look like? Can they get the option porting? Yeah, and as far as that's another thing that I was looking at before, um, as far as we see, 
um, prior service uh, can still get the same, uh, you know, enlistment incentives as, you know, somebody who's never uh, served before. Um, the only uh, caveat, which I had told you before, um, is, um, you know, if say it was somebody for three years and they got a bonus, an enlistment and bonus from their initial contract, and they got out and like six months later, they tried coming back in, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to get uh, an enlistment bonus again. But they still are entitled to you know, get the incentive as you know option forty and stuff like that. Got it. And and as far as green cards go, that's another question I get a lot. Uh, people from other countries talking about do they need uh, so green card without citizenship was one specific question. Can one get an option forty? So uh, green card without citizenship, no. But green card with citizenship, if they are a U.S. citizen, that is one of the requirements. If you're a U.S. citizen, yes, that is, you are good to go. As long as you meet all the other qualifications. If that was the only thing holding you back, go get your citizenship. Do everything you can, get your citizenship, and then you're good. Awesome. Um, let's see. Let me run down my list real quick. I think we covered most. Yeah. Most of this stuff. Yeah, we did. So, that being said, uh, let me check these guys' questions, see if there's anything yeah. fresh. Yeah, for sure. Okay. No, nope, looks like we, we covered everything. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with before we end the show? Um, I would say just it, when, when you're going to meet with your recruiter, be open-minded and, you know, don't come in with, you know, the, I would say the attitude of being like, this is the job I'm going to get and I'm not joining unless I get it. Because if it's not available, like there really is not nothing that we can do. Like I said, I'm in, I know I told you before when we were on the phone before uh, all, all of this, it's, I know me as a recruiter, I'm not going to hold anybody back, you know, uh, you know, try and stop them from doing something that they want to go and try and do. Um, but, you know, if, if you go in, the, the job that you want is not there, at least be open-minded to look at other job opportunities uh, because, you know, you might actually go do that job and might like it or something like that. Now, you know, if we've had people have been like, I just want to be in Ranger Regiment, uh, we're like, all right, cool. Um, you know, Cook has option 40 tied to it, but infantry doesn't. So which one are you wanting to do? And they're like, ah, oh, I don't really know. I want to I want to be an infantryman. I'm like, okay, but you just said that, you know, option 40 was really your end goal. You really care. So like, that's what I'm saying. You kind of just have an open mind uh, because I'm pretty sure it's the same with you guys as it is just regular army. Um, they can reclass uh, and to do some. I don't know how the selection process and stuff works if they reclass going from one job into another in the regiment, but I know you guys can still reclass. Um, Usually upon a reenlistment, uh, there's certain crossovers that people can do, but it's, it is kind of rare. You know, I, that's, uh, that's a good point, you know, kind of uh, considering what your options are. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, would you, would you think that because it's a live system, if somebody can't get a certain MOS or uh, a certain contract, should they should they try again later? Should they come back and see when it's available? So I know when I I can give you an instance for when I enlisted, right? I wanted to be an airborne infantryman. I knew I didn't qualify for uh, SF or Ranger at the time. My GT score was too low, so um, I was like, well, I know there's no GT requirement for airborne school, so I was like, I want an airborne contract. I want to be an airborne infantryman, and um, they were like, hey, there's no system right now for airborne school so i waited like three four weeks 
and nothing came up. And I was just finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of sitting around and waiting because uh, of what's going to happen is, you know, if, uh, you know, longer I wait, I'm going to run the risk of something happening and I can't join the army. So I went ahead and I joined and I was like, I can try and get airborne school when I get into the army. And um, if I had been qualified for, you know, SF or Ranger and it just wasn't there, like I told you uh, in the very beginning, the SF and Ranger recruiters came to my basic training. I could have volunteered right then, right there and been able to get a, an SF or a Ranger contract. So um, we've had people, you know, come in, you know, say, hey, I want to wait, you know, a week, come in every single day. They, like I said, it changes every single day. I've literally seen jobs, the amount of jobs and different jobs pop up and change within a matter of, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So coming in every day, you're going to see different stuff. You, you might get lucky and you might see the one that you want to do and be able to pull it right then and there. So, but, you know, saying that you're going to wait months, you know, a year, something like that, I highly do not recommend that because what you run the risk of um, is disqualifying, uh, you know, yourself uh, either medically or, you know, morally, which is like law violations and stuff like that. I'm not saying somebody's going to go out and murder somebody or anything else like that or rob a bank, but you never know what's going to happen, right? Life takes its, you know, tolls on us. Uh, but and then again, you never know if, you know, something's going to happen medically. You don't know if you're going to walk out the office right then and there and go get in a car accident and snap your leg in half. And now you can't, you know, now you've got even a longer wait and now you need more stuff that, that could possibly disqualify you. So it's not us, you know, trying to um, pull a scare tactic, some people might say, or, you know, to pressure you into enlisting. We're just trying to get you to realize the consequences of, you know, pushing it back even longer. Because once you're in, then you're in. Then you can, uh, now you have a little bit more freedom to be like, hey, I want to, you know, try and uh, pursue this route. And, uh, you know, and say if your GT score is too low, uh, you got the fast classes you can go take. Um, and it's not just you studying on your own and, you know, not really comprehending, I guess, as much as the first teacher actually teaching it to you and you understanding a little bit easier to give you the better shot of you know, um, having a better score at the end when you take your ASVAB again. Yes. But, That's a great point. And, and I do yeah. got a, there's a couple questions that rolled in that actually look pretty good. There's one that says, what's the transition process from like national guard to active duty? What's that? I'm sorry. There's one that says, what's the transition process from national guard to active duty? So great question. I actually just did this uh, not too long ago. Um, you need a, what's called a uh, 368. Um, it is a conditional release form. Um, it's signed by three people on that form and those three people alone. The person that is trying to go active duty, the recruiter that they are working with, and then the approval authority of releasing that person from the guard solely upon them going active duty. Um, I had a guy from the National Guard uh, here in Indiana who was uh, a 68 whiskey and uh, reached out to me and he had like two years left on his contract and was like, he reached, called our office and was like, hey, um, you know, I'm thinking about going active, but should I wait the remaining time of my contract or should I go ahead and just try the process now? And I was like, bro, go ahead and come in now. I said, because you know, since I'm waiting two years uh, to try and go active when you can just literally do it now. And so he came in, uh, he sat down with me, we signed the form. What makes this actually a lengthy process for guardsmen is the, their chain of command, you know, everybody wanting to get in their hands on it. You know, the guy taking it and now he's got to give it to his uh, platoon sergeant. Platoon sergeant wants to take it and look at it and then give it to the PL. The PL, as you know, goes all the way up. 
and then you know it takes you know literally months to get to the approval authority but once it's finally approved then they're good to go that we take that back and then um it's a literally a quick process for them they don't do no physical um they don't take the test or anything again because obviously they're already in the guardsmen they process off of their uh most recent pha um that they do and when they go and they enlist they're still in the guard they sign a contract for the active duty uh but they are still on uh in the guard until they ship once they go on ship day that's when they get their orders to active duty and then they literally drive or fly themselves to whatever duty station that they get so like my guy he got his stuff and um he was like hey i'm going to uh, fort campbell and then a month from then he went to uh, went to meps and literally drove himself to MEPS and then walked in, got his orders and was out of MEPS by like 11 o'clock and drove to Fort Campbell. So, wow. Yeah. And like I said, the actual enlistment process, getting to MEPS and enlisting and everything else is really quick for them. Shipping is really quick for them. What is the hardest part of getting a guardsman from uh, part-time from guard to active is um, then is getting the, uh, the 368 approved by the signed by the approval authority. Oh, so a good point. So my uh, boss, my boss is listening in to our conversation because I'm out in the open. So um, one thing he, uh, he wrote down was if you wait four months for an option 40 contract, you could be about to start RAS if you just went in as an 11X and volunteer. So that's a good one too. And it's like you, people are saying, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Um, you get in, you train everything. If you're at least, at least if you're qualified, like I said, you know, you're, uh, the recruiters are going to come. They, I know they reached, like I said, they reached out to you. They said, hey, if that person is having trouble getting a contract and they're qualified, reach out to us. We can get them a contract. So, you know, waiting even longer is just not going to do you any good um, because you, know, you get in. Now you've got another four months of training because, as we all know, they, they extended, especially the infantry side, they extended it from uh, 14, 16 weeks to 22 weeks. Uh, so now you've got you know, over five months worth of you know OSET that you've got to go through. And then after that, then you've got RASP and everything else. So um, if you get in at first uh, and then just at the end or whenever they come in or volunteer, I mean, people, I know they're being more lenient with soldiers now on, you know, in basic training with their phones. So, you know, people are getting their phones uh, left and right. So I know these kids got social media. So reach out to the Ranger recruiter, reach out to you so you can reach out to them and they can get them in touch. Uh, with them that way they can you know come out to them and they can get them a contract so they can go option 40. yeah that's a good point so uh i, th I think we covered pretty much everything there was one question I, I that i'll end with i'm gonna go ahead and ask this last question and then, mm -hmm. and then the screen here um there's there's a question about medication so mm -hmm. like if somebody's on certain medications this this guy says adhd medication how long does he have to be off those meds to qualify for the army uh, I'm going to ask my bosses to double check. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he said he'll, he'd have to double check, but he's pretty sure it's like 12 to possibly 24 months, but they have to do a lot to get a, uh, to get a waiver for ADHD and like medication, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's saying like they, they look at like your transcripts and stuff like that. And they know, you know, to notice if, Hey, you know, when you're on your medication, you were doing great, but you came off your medication and your your grades drop. So it clearly state, you know, shows us that you need this medication. But, you know, if you were, 
on the medication, did great, came off the medication, did even better or stayed the same. It's kind of, it shows them like, okay, hey, this person didn't need the medication. They're like, they're fine. So it takes a lot for them to get a waiver for, um, uh, for ADHD and stuff like that, like medication. Got it. Yeah. But as long as they can get the waiver, they're good to go. It yeah, is. and that's the thing too is it's uh, a lot of people ask us, hey, you know, what's the you know approval rating of a, of a waiver and stuff like that? And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's it's fifty fifty. It's either gonna get approved or it's not, man. Like, and we have no control over it. Uh, you know, if it's gonna get approved or not. Now, you know, if the doctors and stuff like that, the, you get consults from, you know, after MEPS, if they give you, you know, you know awesome uh reviews and stuff like that you know say hey this person is perfectly fine highly recommend approval and stuff like that that's going to go help you in your favor um now the approving authority they could still look at all that and they could still be like nope not approving this uh, even though you had all those awesome recommendations and stuff like that to get approved uh even if it was you know the working other way around you get all these doctors that say nope do not recommend yada 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 it goes to the approval authority and they look at everything and they think it all looks good to them they can they they are the approval authority it doesn't matter what anybody says underneath them they are the ones that say yes or no um but yeah yeah and, and you were talking about earlier how there's there's people you can contact to move things around too as well so that's an option right where with the live system to work around the live system sometimes you can call up to uh you gave me that acronym but call up to some people rock. Yeah. So we call up to them, uh, you know, I, we've seen it where they've been able to, um, you know, pull, I think I'm pretty sure pull options from, you know, one job, one job to another. Uh, if like, if it's there, um, like if it's not showing up in the system, but they have it available, they can take it from that one that's available and put it on the, into a live system, like into it so we can select it. Um, but taking it from like a 68 whiskey job, and putting it into an infantry job they can't do that because obviously they need to train a certain amount of you know that mos with option 40 in that job but they need to train this many infantrymen and uh you know with option 40 so they're not going to train more but um you know they might possibly train less because people might either take them all and not get you know uh, not make it or they might back out or what drop whatever the case may be and stuff like that so got it yeah but thanks again for, for coming on the stream. I think we clarified a lot of things for people. And yeah. man, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, not a problem, man. Like I said, I, that's what I'm here for. Um, definitely try and help out everybody the best that I can. Um, like I said, I never try and hold anybody back, whatever somebody wants to do. As long as they're two things, man. As long as you're qualified and we can get it for you, bro, I will do everything I can, uh, you know, to make sure you're able to, you know, try and go do that. If, if you're not qualified, that's the biggest one, too. That's a very big thing that people don't understand is if you're not qualified, there is nothing that I can do. It is out of my hands, it's out of your hands. And it's even thing like anything medically, morally, academically with like test score wise, you know, people come in who score 31 on the ASVAB and they've got uh, you know, an, an, a 90 GT score and they're like, I'm not joining and you know, unless I get, you know, this with option 40. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, man, I guess you're not joining. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's no work around for that. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. And that's where I, I, I talk to them about getting their foot into the door, taking that job, taking those fast classes and studying their ass off to raise their GT score and then go. Because you just waiting around saying that you're not getting in. Sorry, man, like you're just shooting yourself in the foot at that point. So, Right. Yeah. Right. 
well thanks again and uh and have a great day yeah you you're for sure man yeah and if anybody wants to reach out to me if they have any other questions you know that we might not have answered or whatever they can definitely dm me uh and i'll do i'll do my best uh, to answer their questions and stuff like that cool i'll be posting this i'll leave uh, a link to you in the description yeah. awesome and uh and yeah thanks yeah. again for your time yeah no problem man. have a good one you too Later.